That's the freewheeling Doug Paisley riding around Toronto celebrating the release of his new album, Say What You Like. And now here's the story behind that record. Change your plans, change your pace. Change your heart, not your uh, getting into the record itself, my understanding is that you kind of chose from over 250 demos, song, unrecorded songs, whatever, to, to come up with the 11 that comprise the record. So what was that process like for you? Why do you have all these so- songs laying around anyway? <laughs> uh, it's it's just how I work, you know, and I think I, I would sometimes just have called myself like, you know, lazy or slow, but I actually think it's it's got more to do with my process in, in the sense that I I often grab onto something um, that I need time to, and sometimes it's just the distance of time. It's not time spent, it, like work. It's just time enough to be away from whatever that idea is, especially if it's really emotional or powerful enough to inspire me in the moment to just put something down. Um, and so, but then once they're all there, I mean, I'm, personally and emotionally really attached to them but there's right. not really any great pressure the way that some songwriters have very successfully worked on schedules and worked you know with their own rules and so on i i have a much broader um approach and, and working process and so as a result it's a bit like being a hoarder i guess you know <laughs> where someone's you see the stuff in their house and you can't imagine it has significance for them but it's there you know and right, it's very right. satisfying when you can't actually complete that process, which I don't think will be the case for the lion's share of my material, but it's also nice to, it's comforting to have stuff at that second stage. It's like a secondary resource. <laughs> gotcha. I'm sitting on a hoard of it, you know? Gotcha. And that feels good. All right. So, um, so when did this record start taking shape for you? Did you start thinking that you had something to work with and when, what kind of shape did it take for you? Well, a lot of it, the producer uh, was a friend of mine, a fantastic musician, Afi Jervinen, or Jervinen, uh, who's in a yep. band called Bahamas, which a lot of people would have heard of. They're a fantastic band. And yep. um, he's, we've, we've had uh, sort of a shared history with music, you know, going in very different directions and, you know, different musical lives. But what we've shared a lot of that for, I'd say, almost 15 years at this point. Anyway. That's the backstory, but uh, he uh, was the one that really gave it shape and and made the the project happen. Uh, and it was partly, I, I mean, like a lot of creative people, you, the actual work is quite isolated, and I'm, I'm maybe more isolated than some people are in terms of I've got friends and I've got musical friends, but I don't have a lot of feedback and a lot of the collaborative stuff. So, given what I was saying about having all this material, he's someone who I really trust and who has a broader picture of me that I was able to give him, you know, I, I forget how many songs, I think it was like 30 or 40 songs right? Uh, that I chose from a broader amount and then to see what he liked. And I think we went back to the greater heap, you know, maybe right. once or twice. So anyway, not to go on too long about that start of it, but it really came from him and it really came from him saying, you know, I want to do this. I want to do this with you. I, you know, there's certain songs that you've been working on that I like that he already knew. Uh, so it really came from him. Gotcha. And, yeah. Now, uh, overall, you, your vibe, especially on this record, very, very relaxed, very kind of 
easygoing. Is that how the sessions went? Is that yeah. reflective of yeah. what was going on? Yeah, it was. A very, there was no stress at all. Um, uh, I think one thing that was maybe a little more behind the scenes that I didn't anticipate, I, aside from being amazing musicians, I actually think that they, I think he'd prep them, not under duress, but I think he'd right. really prep them a lot more than I'd anticipated beforehand. I mean, uh, combining that with the fact that a good musician can get the feel and jump on to many things, they were just kind of ready to go. And that didn't mean that we had to, you know, churn it out. Yeah. But it just meant that there were a lot of fumbling was kind of gone. And then in a way, it was this collaboration where uh, I really tend to write the songs by playing them at home. And then I more or less just transpose that to a studio um, and just, you know, have other musicians with me. But my original arrangement, while there may not be like a band arrangement, just kind of stays the same, uh -huh. you know. And uh, I think in this case, maybe they had some more preconceived ideas about where the songs were going to go. And they even probably had my demos. So, yeah, it was it was like a really nice conveyor belt, you know, for me. And I don't know if that translates to a relaxed sound or if that's what it is, but it's a very comfortable environment. I've cool. never not been in one. I think if uh -huh. I was a high stakes, you know, blockbuster artist, I'm sure there's a lot more pressure in that studio or, or whatever. Right, right. And, I've never had that, you know. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I also see you've done a video for Sometimes It's So Easy where you're, you're very impressively riding a bicycle with no hands, with your guitar strumming away. Yeah, that was, that was a, a gimmick for sure, but uh, it was fun. I mean, you know, there was no meaning intended right. specifically for the song or anything like that. But in hindsight, maybe I was flattering myself a bit, but I sort of thought, you know, there's a lot of danger in some of the things that we'll throw ourselves into right. for emotional reasons. And I realized, like I say, inadvertently, there was a bit of a nice parallel with what I was actually doing. But uh, maybe there's a very subtle undercurrent of my hometown in this album and you know i mean i'm very situated here if i could say that yep. as we've all been situated somewhere for the past three years yep, more yep, or less. Yep. um and you know there's a lot of my history is biking around the city and where the video was made so uh it was you know it was it was kind of like a home movie in a way of a lot of things for me but right. uh, we're, we're but yeah, it was also just a shtick, which is fine. I mean, you know, that we, we forget that that's where all, a lot of this stuff comes from, and it's still there. Right. You know, we're, I was just trying to think. I'm trying to remember the last time I actually rode a bike. I, I, in my youth, I could have probably done that, but I'm not sure I could do that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your inner ear changes, and I'm well, sure also your your risk aversion is like the well, your greatest true. enemy, isn't it? You know. Yeah, I would imagine so. And are you left-handed? Were you? I am, yeah, oh, I'm left-handed, so. and I play left-handed, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good. I thought so. I am left-handed myself, so I always oh, excellent. see that. Excellent. I always <laughs> like to expand the, the 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 gang of us. I have a real affinity, maybe not entirely justified, but. <laughs> well, especially growing up, did you ever have trouble with people trying to force you to be right-handed? 
No, I think that, I mean, my uncle, and I have two uncles <laughs> and a dad who are like I had the handed. same uncle. <laughs> yeah, right. And they had the stories of, you know, corporal punishment and all that kind of stuff. I always had maybe a slightly uh, elevated perspective on it that the world, you know, through design is made to be a fluid experience. And it's generally made to be a fluid experience for right-handed people. Right. So in a small domestic uh, you know, mundane way, um, it, it actually challenges you in small ways, whether you're reaching for a door handle or using a, you know, a kitchen utensil, and then it actually is good for you, like it activates your mind more. So that was more my experience. I was never whipped or uh, had my hand tied behind my back. <laughs> I, I never got it that bad for me either. But I did have an uncle who was who thought I was I was the devil's spawn for being left handed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was more him than me, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. His, it was more his infatuation with the devil. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Now I I, I just want to touch on a song. Uh, you have one called "Rewrite History." It has kind of a yeah. bit of a Dylan-esque feel to it, and I think you have somebody named Felicity singing on that, so maybe you can just elaborate on what's going on there. So you're creeping through the shadows just to hear a caged bird sing. And you do what you want to. And you do what you can. And when it can't be undone, you rewrite history. Over and over and over again. Yeah, well, um, Felicity Williams, who sings on, I think she sings on about four songs at least. Uh, right. And she's kind of like, she, she is also in this band Bahamas and right. she's like a secret weapon. I mean, I've watched their concerts where people don't appreciate like her as an entity. And then she kind of steps out during the set and people are just odd. She's a powerful and incredible singer, but also just a beautiful singer. And um, so, I mean, that was not really a duet, you know, but it's just amazing how, you know, it's like a character actor who can really make a story their own somehow, like her just coming into that song. Uh, it just edified it in so many ways. I mean, just aesthetically or musically, it was so beautiful, but, I also thought that, you know, if that song is maybe Dylan-esque, like it's almost a little bit sort of sneering and it's just laying it on to somebody or at least onto a situation. Uh -huh. And it's not just that she softens it because it's more than that. It's not the Jordan Ayers, you know, but right. but she just gives it more in, in a beautiful way. And um, yeah, it's a really spontaneous song and it's a really spontaneous one to play. It actually doesn't even really have a chord structure. It just goes around and around, but not in a very consistent way. So personally, in my own private world, it's actually a really interesting song for me. Um, but but yeah, she really elevated it uh, in, in an incredible way, so. Gotcha. And she's also on one called I Wanted It Too Much, which um, in the back of my mind while I was listening to yours, I, uh, the song Four Strong Winds was kind of floating through the air. I've always oh, been, yeah. I know Ian Tyson just passed away a little while ago and that's, it was, when, you know, Ian and Sylvia's tunes. It didn't used to be this way. I spun the bottle, let the chips fall where they lay. Never asked myself, am I okay? I don't know when the story changed. There's so many ways to get rearranged when you're such a small part of what's inside you. 
So do you look at yourself as kind of a, a part of that whole Canadian singer-songwriter, you know, family of people? There's Neil, there's Joni, there's Ian Tyson, Gordon Lightfoot. I was late to a lot of those people. Um, I, I really discovered Gordon Lightfoot through an American artist named Tony Rice, who uh, would always record like at least half of his albums, interestingly, were Gordon Lightfoot songs, you know. Right. There's, and I imagine there may be some aspect of this um, between New Zealand and Australia, between yep. Uruguay and Argentina. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the sort of one of the running jokes or explainers is that in a Canadian video store, if you went into a movie store, uh, the Canadian films would be in the foreign film section. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so I, I don't know, in, in terms of what you're asking, um, I think that I actually had to become a bit more sophisticated in my music collecting, my listening before I actually discovered some of these uh -huh. Canadian talent, you know, and of course, a lot of people heard four strong winds from Neil Young on, on comes a time. Comes a time. Yep. Um, there's, uh, but I mean, it's, it's a big topic. I mean, I love, I mean, I have got, you know, 20 Gordon Lightfoot albums and there's <laughs> some really deep tracks of Ian Tyson's that I love. And there's a lot of, other artists that people wouldn't even know, like Ron Hines and Sam Larkin and people like that. Um, right. I don't really think of myself as belonging to it, you know, um, uh, in, in some sort of a cultural national way. But uh, yeah, I don't even know if it's if there's any pride for me that they're specifically like my <laughs> national, um, you know, fellow songwriters. I, I don't know. I mean. Maybe maybe Lightfoot because he's a real Toronto artist and and I've lived all my life in Toronto as has he you know right but uh, but yeah I've been thinking a lot about Ian Tyson and just fascinating life yeah. and a fascinating story around that song and this relationship that went on sort of unrequited for fifty years I mean <laughs> there's just unbelievable stuff there so yeah. I'm certainly fascinated with it whether or not I really identify with it you know nationally. Okay. Fair enough. All righty. So uh, just to wrap up, uh, what are you thinking of next? Have you have you got more? You, you still got this big pile of songs in the background somewhere that you, you still have, uh, you know, to pick from. Are you writing more? Are you uh, are you always writing? I'm always I'm always working. I'm always playing guitar and I'm always sort of working up songs. Um, I've had this idea for a while that I really want to try something with just a guitar and a voice because that's kind of how I write and it's actually right. very comfortable. Uh, and I don't think I've, I mean, I've managed to play with amazing people and that's been one of the joys of recording. I don't think it's so much about trying to fill out the sound. I think it's about those opportunities, but for whatever reason, I've never sort of come forward with this thing, which is actually much more, much closer to what I spend most of my time doing. Uh -huh. But also this, you know, if you're really into acoustic music and guitar, there's a, to my mind, there's a lot of arranging you can do. In, in just a solo situation, you know, yep. so to speak. So, so that's kind of what I'm working towards. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's funny because this album is out, but I actually recorded it, you know, three years ago. Right. And, you know, it kind of dawned on me the other day, maybe because it had actually come out, that I kind of have to get going. And I got to get not just working because I'm always working, but focused yep. on something. And I've really started doing that. I think uh, clearing the deck in this very concrete way in yep. the last or so has really helped me to realize that. Excellent. All righty. Well, thank you for sharing all that with me. I appreciate it. Uh, 
Have a good rest of your evening. Yeah, really uh, nice to talk to you. Thanks yeah. for saying it up. I, did all those records come with you from Rochester? Most of them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. I worked at a radio station, WCMF, which is like the big AOR station there. And yeah, I was there when the CDs came in and the records left. So I took oh, lots yeah. of them home with me. And a lot wow. of them right there. <laughs> I hope we get a chance to look through it someday. It looks like Come on down. Records. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Have a great day. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Marty. Nice to talk to you. Take okay. care. Bye-bye.